We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. Today we're previewing Indiana's trip to Happy Valley as they take on the number four Penn State Nittany Lions. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with us is TJ Inman. Uh, He'll be with us shortly uh, via phone. Anyway, Indiana travels to Happy Valley to take on the fourth-ranked Nittany Lions. The Hoosiers are winless uh, at Beaver Stadium, but a big game coming up. Indiana's 2-1. and one. Penn State coming off an emotional win at Iowa last week. It's 4-0. Oh. The game uh, with a lot of implications. Uh, you know, it's another chance for IU to break through. It's also uh, Penn State needs this to carry on and get to a Big Ten championship game and uh, and potentially the college football playoff. Uh, we bring in T.J. Inman. T.J., how are you tonight? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, beautiful weather outside right now. And, uh, you know, it, it, we're done through the 90s. We survived Saturday's game. It was certainly a, certainly a hot one, but overall a, a pretty solid performance by the Hoosiers. Uh, they could have kind of – you got the feeling that they could – have set the score on that one if they really felt like it. Um, the only real negative to come out of it is that I use pretty beat up, uh, not because of the opponent, just because of, um, you know, it's football and, and things happen. And right now I use uh, kind of on the bad end of the injury bug. Uh, nothing appears to be that we are aware of right now. Nothing appears to be season ending for any of these guys, but, uh, Certainly a lot of question marks for health reasons heading into Penn State. Yeah, the the injury list was like a paragraph for too long. Uh, Keontae Walton will be out. It looks like Juan yeah. Harris is out. Extremely doubtful, but I, they said out. Uh, and then we'll see what's going on in the secondary with Marcelino Ball, Richard Fant, and Ashawn Riggins. Uh, hopefully they, they get them all back. Nate Hoff is also uh, in doubt as well there along the defensive line. So IU will be banged up on that defensive side of the ball. <clears throat> They're going up against a, a very tough uh, Penn State offense that has arguably the best running back in the country and a quarterback who could sling it down down the field and make some plays with his feet. So you know, TJ, it's yep. a tough. It's going to be a tough road to hoe uh, going forward for IU. But I do want to point out that maybe this Penn State team, at least we know some of the Penn State media is not treating this the Indiana Hoosiers with the the respect they deserve. Uh, they Penn Live, <clears throat> PennLive.com in their preview uh, that came out uh, either last night or this morning uh, called IU a group of two and three star mutts. 
uh, and, and even got the name of Richard Lego wrong, calling him Richard the uh, Tau, um, which some IU fans have taken offense to, and even have had some fun with saying that the Tau is the super quarterback that you uh, that you make in your NCAA game by combining uh, Tyler Nati and Richard Lego. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. I don't think IU is going to pay attention to it as Tom Allen has the motto earmuffs and blinders, uh, but it is definitely something to look at if uh, IU ends up winning, keeping this game close is, you know, how how do you attack this? You know, other teams, we've seen the arrogance of other schools who just expect to beat IU. Well, IU is no longer – uh, the can get kicked down the road anymore, and, and I think schools are sooner or later going to find that out the hard way, and and maybe give IU the respect that they deserve by by getting the names of their starting quarterback correct, and and, and not calling them mutts. Basically, uh, you know, whenever a dog is called a mutt, it, it's usually because uh, they come from different backgrounds uh, uh, of pets. But usually, when you go to the pound, it's it's a mangy mutt and things like that. So I, I can get why IU fans are mad. But anyway, this is going to be a tough test for IU. TJ, let's get into some keys to the game. What is your first key to the game this weekend? Well, I, I mean, the obvious, you know, the first obvious one is that Indiana is battling uh, potentially the best backfield in the country uh, in running back Saquon Barkley and quarterback uh, Trace McSorley. So that that would be the kind of obvious one is to um, you know, somehow try to limit them. As Tom Allen said, uh, you figure out what they do really well, try to take that away, and make them beat you with what they're not great at. And as he said, if they beat you with what they're not great at, uh, and that's I think that's a very good line and, and a way to approach it is you do everything you can to make Penn State uh, or any team beat you with what they are not great at. And if they can still do it, then they're probably a great team, or at least they were on that day. And that's what Indiana is going to try to do. And for me, the best way to limit Penn State's offense uh, is, is probably going to be to keep IU's offense on the field. So for me, I'm going with establishing the running game uh, and, and an extension of that would be using the passing game to keep the ball as well. Uh, so the short passing game, that's an extension of the running game, uh, establishing that as well. Uh, Indiana has, you know, they ran the ball well, or at least Morgan Ellison did, uh, against Georgia Southern. Penn State, obviously, a, a completely different animal. Uh, being said... This Penn State defensive line and their front seven is not as good as Ohio State's is. Uh, and it's, you know, Virginia's defensive line, I think, is better than anybody expected it to be heading into the season. So uh, I do think that Indiana could, could have some success here uh, with Brandon Knight and Mackenzie Duara in there on the offensive line. I think it looked better. Uh, how much of that was just Georgia Southern? and how much of that was actual improvement along the line from Indiana. Uh, but I think you'll see a pretty good Indiana running game on Saturday and moving forward because I have a lot of confidence uh, in Morgan Ellison uh, and his ability. Uh, I think that he's shown 
you know, he is at the very least a Big Ten starting caliber running back. Uh, so I'm excited to see him go against a good defense. And I think that uh, you're, you're going to look for Indiana to still use tempo, but I think you use it uh, intelligently. You use it as a, a mix-up of your, you know, your your offense that I think you're going to be trying to run all day, which is more ball control, uh, and then you mix in that tempo when you get Penn State on their heels uh, and, and try to, you know, push those drives through. Uh, something we saw against Georgia Southern that I think is another element of the running game is Peyton Ramsey coming in, particularly as a red zone quarterback. Uh, they used that some in the first half as, uh, as Richard Lego was, was still in the game. When Indiana got down inside the 25, they brought in Peyton Ramsey. Now, Georgia Southern's defense couldn't offer much resistance against either quarterback. Uh, and really, it was against Morgan Ellison. They couldn't offer much resistance. But uh, I think that that'll be an interesting wrinkle to watch is how much run Peyton Ramsey gets uh, just as a runner uh, to try and keep Bayou's offense on the field. And, you know, the longer the Hoosiers are able to maintain possession, the less time Barkley and McSorley have on the field. Yeah, and that's that's exactly right. It's kind of what you saw Iowa do to them last week. But yes, you know, yes. I I think that the key to this game is you have got to protect the ball. Uh, Penn State has uh, I I believe ten takeaways on the year in in four games. IU's got to take care of the ball and, and really. You cannot give TJ, as you said, ball control is going to be, you know, keeping this this Penn State offense off the field. That the key to that is ball control. Well, you can't give them extra possessions either. Uh, you gotta you gotta take care of the ball and and end drives with a kick, either a punt or a field goal uh, or extra point. End it with the kick. That way, you know, you're going to win. Hopefully, win the field position battle. Uh, and, and put points up on the board. Otherwise, if you give Penn State the, some extra possessions with good field position, man, they're they're going to kill you. This team is averaging 40.5 points per game. They have a red zone percentage uh, close to 90% at 88.9. Uh, they're fourth down convert. They're four for six. Uh, and converting around 35% on, on third downs as well. So, keep this offense on the field. Don't turn the ball over. Don't give Penn State easy fields to convert. Uh, that you know, goes hand-in-hand hand with your key to the game. Uh, TJR, another thing that IU needs to do um, to, to, get, to, to get this historic win at, at, Beaver, at Beaver Stadium. I think that uh, Penn State's offense really thrives on explosion plays. There's a you know, they are as explosive an offense as you'll find. Trace McSorley uh, loves to throw the deep ball. He throws it very well. And their offensive coordinator, uh, Moorhead, uh, you know, is considered to be – I don't think he'll be Penn State's offensive coordinator very much longer uh, if he's interested in a head coaching position. Um, at the FBS level, I think he'll have one after this season. Uh, at one of these jobs, that's going to become open. He's, you know, he's had a, a major, major difference on that Penn State offense and that program overall. And I do think that, uh, you know, they will look to stretch the field against IU secondary. 
so for me, it's limiting those big plays, whether that's Saquon Barkley runs, uh, deep passes, Saquon Barkley reception. Um, you're not going to totally cut them out, but limiting those explosive plays, making Penn State's offense work its way down the field, uh, as opposed to picking up huge chunks and getting that crowd uh, riled up and really into the game, uh, it could turn into an avalanche pretty quickly. If Penn State's able to get a couple of big plays back-to-back, uh, the crowd could really get revved up, and, and it, like I said, it could turn into a an avalanche against Indiana pretty quickly. That That is something that Penn State's very capable of. Uh, their receiving game, I, I'm not overly impressed uh, by – their receivers that they were hoping stepped up. I think Deshaun Hamilton is is fine, uh, but I don't think he's quite the target that they had hoped he'd turn into. Uh, Say Blacknall, again, he's fine. Jawan Johnson is probably their most talented uh, receiver, and he's definitely their most physically imposing. Uh, he's a player that seems to get better every week, so uh, if he turns into a true number one target, uh, he can be a real handful for, for secondaries, particularly IU. If Richard Fant is unable to go, which I, I do think Fant's going to play, uh, but, you know, Johnson is a big receiver that uh, that could give Fant some issues. Uh, and Riggins, I, I mean, I from my perspective in the stands on Saturday, it certainly looked like a, a head injury. Um, you know, I don't know if it was a concussion or not, uh, but it looked like one that could keep him out for a week or two. So, you know, the second or the, the corner position, you could be dealing with, you know, maybe Tyler Green gets possessions or gets snaps against uh, Jawan Johnson more than you expect. Uh, you know, Andre Brown in there uh, as well. Um, but Raheem Lane, maybe, you know, bigger guys that you're going to try to match up against Jawan Johnson. And then another problem is Mike Kosicki, who is you know, a really good tight end uh, and a matchup problem due to his size and ability. So, like I said, I'm not overly impressed by their receiving targets, but it's a deep group and it is overall a very good group uh, that if Juwan Johnson yeah, really gets off, you're, you're in trouble because he's, like I said, he's big, he's physically imposing, and he's capable of those big plays. Uh, so I, I'm my key is overall going to be limiting those big plays from Penn State. I don't know how possible it is to limit Saquon Barkley. He's, I mean, he's quite possibly the best player in the country. You want to prevent him from totally taking the game over and then more or less shutting down the rest of their big play targets. Uh, obviously, you don't want to let Saquon Barkley beat you, but you're going to be in real trouble if those other guys step up and make huge plays because Barkley's going to get his. Yeah, and, you know, you go through their receiving stats. Their leading receiver is Saquon Barkley with 23 catches yeah. uh, for 335 yards, two scores. The next guy is tight end Mike Jasicki, who has four touchdowns on 17 catches, 148 yards. So, you know, it's coming in uh, into the season. Penn State was supposed to have this great wide receiver core and they've really underwhelmed Deshaun Hamilton, 11 catches. Juwan Johnson, 14 yeah. catches. DeAndre Tompkins, 8 catches. Saeed Blacknall, 4 catches. Brandon Polk, 3 catches. Quarterback has 4 receptions. Um, so, you know, yeah. what does that say about this receiving core? 
and uh, trying to keep them uh, one-dimensional. My second key of the game, TJ, is is kind of like that limit the big plays. It, it's win the 50-50 50 balls. Yeah. Uh, last yeah. year you saw IU won that in the first half. They had taken a 10-point lead uh, in the third quarter, came out of the third quarter with a lead, and then all of a sudden Penn State started to win those 50-50 balls. Uh, and ended up pulling away uh, for thirty or forty-five, thirty-one win um, in Bloomington. Win those fifty-fifty balls. If that means, uh, you know, intercept them, intercept them, or, or knock them down, do something that that prevents the catch uh, that we saw last year, where McSorley extended plays with his legs, chucked it up, and, and those receivers last year uh, went up and got the ball and made the play uh, this season. Hopefully the secondary is not as banged up as the injury report leads uh, you to believe to be uh, where some of these, at least two, two or two out of the three of these guys uh, come back and play, just, you know, make these plays, go, go knock, knock the ball down, knock the ball ball away and, and stop these, as you said, stop the big plays, but, but when those 50, 50 plays also, I fumbled five times. Uh, they lost five fumbles. Yeah. You gotta hop on. You know, fumbles hit the ground all the time. Go hop. You gotta recover your fumbles, their fumbles. Uh, you know, maybe the turnover luck will be a little bit better. But yeah, those fifty-fifty balls, balls on the ground. Uh, you know, it's almost like a basketball. Those the loose ball situations. Like those in order to win this game. Um, that's my second key to the game, TJ. What is a matchup to watch? There's a lot of intriguing matchups this week. Uh, Alex Compton wrote about the matchup between uh, Tigre Scales and Saquon Barkley. It's two All-Americans going head-to-head, linebacker, running back. You expect, uh, especially after last week, after Josie Jewell um, made 14 or 16 tackles last week. Saquon Barkley went for 300-and-something total yards last week. Yeah. So I, I don't know if... You know, it's kind of a you know an immovable object uh, meets an unstoppable force, and that's what happens. Tigray Scales has got to be in Saquon Barkley's back pocket the entire day to shut him down, and he's going to need a help from his friends on defense as well. So, I shout out to Alex for that. That that's a great matchup to watch. Uh, for me, it's going to be the defensive line against uh, against. Trace McSorley, can they keep him in the – can they keep him from scoring uh, to extend plays? You know, you don't have to sack him all the time, but, you know, contain him around, make him throw the ball up, make him throw the ball away. Uh, things like that will go a long way in terms of winning this game. What's your matchup to watch? But I do think, uh, obviously, the T-Gray Scales versus Saquon Barkley is, you know, definitely uh, the star matchup. And, uh, you know, just a little note on Josie Jewell versus Barkley. Josie Jewell played a phenomenal game last Saturday. Uh, But late in the game, Saquon Barkley caught a pass as Penn State's driving down the field. Uh, he put a move on Josie Jewell on the sideline. It's a hesitation move. And then a burst just tiptoeing down the sideline that picked up vital extra yards for Penn State and got him out of bounds as opposed to Jewell making the tackle inbounds. Uh, and that 
ultimately could have proved to be the deciding factor uh, in that contest as, you know, Penn State was able to score on the last play of the game. Uh, so, it, you know, that that matchup to watch for Iowa-Penn State ended up being a matchup that, uh, you know, both players delivered and Barkley made the final play uh, between those two. But um, I, I'm, I'm going to focus on the other side of the ball of Indiana's offense against Penn State's defense. I do feel like that's the undercard in this one, which is kind of weird to say, uh, but it's becoming the norm for IU games. And, uh, that's, that's, I have no problem with it. It's fun to, to be excited about a defense, but I think Indiana's offense is going to have to have a really good day if IU's going to stay in this one. And for me, it's going to be Richard Lego uh, against Penn State's secondary. Um, I think he's got the weapons, even if Donovan Hale's not able to go. I do think IU has the weapons to cause Penn State secondary some problems, but they will need a an A-plus performance from Richard Lego. And, you know, we saw that for most of the Ohio State game. Uh, we did not see it against Virginia, obviously. And then against Georgia Southern, um, Indiana just didn't need the passing game. They barely threw it. Uh, Lego had a really nice ball to Ian Thomas, where Ian Thomas did just – uh, went to beast mode and scored, and Lego was hurt on the play. Uh, he definitely, you would expect him to be 100% with no lingering effects from that uh, that late hit from Georgia Southern, one of many uh, questionable hits they had on the day. But um, I think Lego's going to have to be uh, have to be really, really good on Saturday if Indiana wants to stay in the game, because Penn State's offense is going to score. Indiana's defense could play an awesome game. And the result of it could be that Penn State scores 30. I mean, that that might be an awesome performance from IU's defense, depending on how those points come about. Uh, So if Indiana is to stay in it, it means their offense is going to have to produce. And I think the the best way for them to do that is going to be Richard Lego finding Simi Cobbs, finding Ian Thomas, being accurate, making great decisions, taking care of the ball, uh, converting on third downs when Indiana gets put in the third and medium or third long, uh, finding Luke Timian. Um, you know, it's just be a, a team effort for the offense, but Lego's going to have to be the guy that stirs the drink. Yeah, and this offense is going to have to put up points. You, you can't beat this Penn State uh, just playing great on defense and, and mediocre no. on offense. Uh, you're going to have to make some plays. Lego last year had a good game. Uh, there were, again, some 50-50 balls that went off of receivers' hands uh, and, yeah. and went off of um, so, some other people's hands as well that could have gone for big plays or touchdowns. Uh, so, yeah, Richard Lego against this defense is is, is going to be huge. Uh, TJ, finally, uh, let's get to some uh, score predictions uh, before we wrap this up. What is your prediction for Saturday? Well, uh, as much as I – look, I, the arrogance of the three, you know, biggies in the Big Ten East, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, uh, the arrogance of their fan bases, their uh, their beat writers, um, it's – and in some cases their coaches, it's, uh, it's tiresome, it's galling, and I, I'm just – I really, really want Indiana to knock off one of these teams this season uh, and 
kind of put a major damper on their, their seasons. Um, and I think it'd be an amazing victory for Indiana's program to beat a Penn State or beat a Michigan. I certainly understand why those programs are, you know, high and mighty, if you will. Uh, I get it. I understand they've got gigantic fan bases. They have, you know, major traditions of winning and success. Uh, so I do understand, but just the uh, arrogance is the best word I can think of uh, to describe the way that they approach contests against schools like Indiana or, uh, you know, or Northwestern or, or uh, Maryland, I guess, um, just with disregard of, of Indiana's personnel and uh, seem like Indiana's a Mac school uh, that they – fully expect to beat by 35 points. And, uh, I, I would love to sit here and, and feel confident Indiana was going to go into Happy Valley and come out with the win, but I don't feel that's realistic. And, uh, you know, we don't, as we are generally positive, but I, I'd like to think that we also don't delve too much into the into dreamland very often. So I'll go Penn State uh, 34, Indiana 20. Uh, I think Indiana is competitive and uh, has a good showing of it, but uh, the injuries that IU is facing, as well as uh, playing on the road in a hostile environment, plus uh, I think Saquon Barkley and and Trace McSorley are able to wear down Indiana's defense to pull away a little bit late. Uh, And I do think Indiana is right there at halftime, uh, but never really feels like it's going to be an upset. And uh, Penn State wins it by 14. Yeah, and, and there's going to be some some interesting things in this game. It's a conference road game, which means you're going to have a limited roster, travel roster. So yeah. you know, are yeah. they going to cut the rotation at running back? I know a lot of fans have asked me about Tyler Natiz. We saw him on the sideline last week, TJ, dressed. He did not look like he was in great shape um, and, and, and ready to go. Helmet. He did, he did not, not have, have his helmet. helmet. He didn't look like he was in tip-top shape. And I don't, I don't know if he travels on Saturday. So, outside of that. Brookins and Rodriguez, right? Brookins and Rodriguez both saw action on Saturday. Uh, yep. Devontae Williams had a screen pass for a touchdown. Uh, but the running back rotation for now appears to be Ellison, Guest, and then third string is just probably largely situational. But it looks like Ellison and Guest are, are the guys for now. And uh, Majette did not, uh, did not dress last game. We don't know what the injury is there or the severity of it. But uh, – yeah, unfortunately, Mike Majette being injured is uh, not really breaking news or or a, a new story. It's been uh, kind of the tale of his IU career, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that he's injured, and you know, even though he wasn't producing all that much, um, you know, we really haven't had a fair shake uh, to see what he could do. No. Anyway, going into this game, I used never won in Happy Valley. They've beaten Penn State once uh, since they joined the conference in the 90s. You know, I, I don't feel confident going into this game at all. Um, although it, it's not it's not a season record. It's 
This is a game on no. paper that we knew going into the season was arguably the most difficult game on the IU schedule. Is them, you know, playing Penn State on the road or Ohio State at home are the two, you know, most difficult games on the schedule. Uh, you know, Penn State has looked really good this year at times. Uh, they, you know, I, th- I think coming off the emotional win at Iowa, we'll see how they react to that. Is this a game that's going to uh, kind of have a hangover effect going into the next game? Uh, or is this one that energizes the team coming off a, a buzzer beater touchdown uh, to, to win that game on the road at Kinnick Stadium? Does that energize the team the rest of the way? Kind of like uh, the Penn State win over Minnesota did last year where they went on a on a terrific run after beating uh, uh, Minnesota uh, in, in in overtime. Uh, but I'm going to go Penn State 38, IU uh, 20 uh, in, in this one. And, it, you know, it's, it's going to be, hopefully it's close early. Uh, and then maybe IU can make some plays uh, to make it a, a closer game. But it's never been done before. They have never beaten Penn State at Penn State. I know it's 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 always true until it happens for the first time, but I, I don't know if this is the year to do it, especially with the injuries that they have at those key positions. If you're going to stop the run, you're going to need your defensive tackles, and, and they're down two bodies there more than likely. And then if you're going to stop that passing game, you're going to need Riggins, uh, Richard Fant, and, and Marcelino uh, there in coverage as well, and who knows what their availability is, a hundred percent. But if they're missing, you know, one or two of those guys, it's going to make a big difference. I just think IU just doesn't have the depth and the manpower yet to to overcome the amount of injuries that were on that list. They can overcome an injury to a guy or two, but when you have an injury list that that goes on for half a page, and a lot of them are either starters or key depth, it, it's going to hurt. So I'm going to go. Penn State 38, IU 20, and, you know, we'll, we'll hope for the best. I'll, I'll be watching the game intensely, and then, you know, you, I think the goal for this game is, is just get out of this healthy, have a good showing, and, and move on with the rest of your season. you got Georgia Southern uh, after this, uh, a chance to go uh, get that. Charleston, Charleston, Charleston Southern. Or Charleston Southern. Uh, we just got off Bike of uh, Georgia results. Southern. Yeah, the Buccaneers. So uh, likely that, and and then you have uh, the rest of your Big Ten schedule uh, to go. So, you know, just get out of this this game uh, healthy, have your confidence up, uh, and, and if if you come out with the win, it's uh, it's uh, it's bonus. I mean, it'd be a tremendous thing for this program to win on the road and gain some respect back. But get out of this game healthy, kind of like the Ohio State game last year. Get out of the healthy. Go get the rest of your schedule, and and, and go get uh, get those six wins down the road. Anyway, TJ, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's always great talking college football with you. Uh, unfortunately, we will not be in Happy Valley. I will be watching the game from my back porch uh, on Twitter. So it's an odd. It's the first time I've watched a game live on TV uh, since the 2014 season. So we'll be. Uh, Covering it from a different vantage point. Interesting to see how that works out. Uh, but thanks for joining us, TJ, and we'll talk to you next week. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's always great to, to be on. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, like Sammy said, we have uh, great coverage all week leading up to the game and after the game. 
and then we'll turn our attention to Charles Southern, followed by another huge top 10 matchup against Michigan. Yeah, and that does it for uh, the Hoosier Huddle podcast this week. Check back to HoosierHuddle.com. We have our matchup to watch story on Morgan Ellison from Evan McShane. Uh, Inside the numbers from David Sugarman, we'll have our keys to victory come out tomorrow. Uh, Just TJ's primer come out Saturday morning just to get you ready for this Penn State game. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes to the podcast. And hopefully we entertain you to and from work or wherever you're listening. And thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.